We are pleased to announce that this special guest interview is brought to you by our friends at Kinetica Labs. Kinetica Labs is an AI-based ergonomics analysis app. The app is based on research done at the University of Michigan, and the technology works by allowing you to take a mobile phone video of a work task on-site and then really quickly run standard ergonomic assessments like the REBA, the Rapid Entire Body Assessment, and the NIOSH Lifting Assessment. Their software offers five different worksheets, and they're adding more all the time with awesome updates and new releases. What's great about the app is that it automatically does the things that normally take so much time when doing ergonomic assessments, like measuring joint angles, finding hand and foot locations, and lift and reach distances. It calculates all the multipliers and does all the lookups for you. It even outputs different charts and a version of your video that has a green, yellow, and red skeleton over the person, so it's great for both reports, presentations, and even training. It's a great app, and we've already seen some examples of where it saves a ton of time in our work. It's super easy to use, it does this one thing really well, and it runs in the cloud so there's no software to install or security worries. So a big thanks to our friends at Kinetica Labs for building this great ergonomic tool that we use daily and for sponsoring this podcast segment. You should check them out at KineticaLabs.com. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-C-A Labs.com. Hello and welcome to Bang Up Jobs with Broadway Ergonomics, a podcast hosted by me, Adam Jennings. And me, Eric Schultz. We're physical therapists and professional ergonomists. In each episode, we interview experts, assess the real value of ergonomic tools and products, and hopefully provide a little know-how along the way. On today's episode, we sit down with Emily from Hair by Emily Claire LLC. Welcome to the special interview here with Bang Up Jobs podcast with Broadway Ergonomics. This is your host, Eric Schultz. Uh, we have a nice inside look here to a, an interesting profession, and we'll have a little discussion here with uh, someone that I've been working with for quite a while. Welcome to the show, Emily. How are you today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. First off here, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, including your company name, how you got into your business, and how long you've been working in this profession? Uh, my name is Emily, and I um, have been doing hair for 14 years now, and I just always wanted to do something in the cosmetology industry from the time that I was a little kid. I don't really know why, but I just always wanted to do hair or nails or something along those lines. Yeah, and you do a great job. You don't do my nails, but you do my hair. <laughs> right. I don't do nails at all. I didn't end up doing nails. I went more the hair route, but... Um, and then also, I guess you asked my company name. It's yeah. Hair by Emily Claire LLC is what the company is. No, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you've been cutting my hair for, gosh, probably eight or nine years now. Yeah, I think so. It seems like it's been, been a while, and I'm a testament because obviously when I leave here, I look amazing and uh, right on point for my, my own business aspects. So give us a little insight into what your typical day looks like, either physically, mentally, how many haircuts are you doing? You know, what is it required on the physical demand side versus also the, the mental and psychology side? So I do all different types of hair. I do men's, women's, kids. Um, I used to do mainly men's hair because when I started, I went to a place with uh, primarily walk-ins, which were more of just like guy appointments. We didn't do um, color or anything. And so I used to do you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 men's haircuts a day, which was insane. And That's a lot. It, it was a lot, and it was very 
it was very, I mean, it was just nonstop. Um, now that I do more color and more women's cuts, which take longer, it depends because it's just kind of like, like one day I might have 10 men's haircuts and then one highlight. Or if I have, you know, three or four highlights or color services, then I don't really have any time for the haircuts that only take, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. So it's, I do really like the variety just because it's not the same thing all the time. Um, but yeah, I just get here, you know, at usually around nine o'clock and then work until five, sometimes till 7.30, two nights a week I wait or work later. So, um, yeah, it, and it running this range. shop yourself, you get to kind of make your own hours and yeah, time. Yeah, I make my and... own hours, which is really nice um, because I have a son, and so his schedule is different. And so, yeah, I can come in whenever I want to, but I'm not a morning person, so 9 is about as early as <laughs> I can be here. I don't blame you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, but then obviously um, some clients can't come in until they're getting off of work. And so that's why I try to accommodate them and be here a little bit later a couple evenings. Yeah, well, it's week. definitely fantastic since you kind of took your own route, you know, in the past, yeah. you know, decade or so that you said you were, it sounds like you were able to go from quantity of haircuts to a yes. higher quality yes. instead of compromising one or the other. True, yeah. With men's haircuts, I feel like you have to have a lot more clients because like I said, like you could like on a normal day now, I wouldn't be trying to do 10 to 15 minute haircuts. That's just too much. But just even normal, you know, 30 minute haircuts, that would be, you know, 15 haircuts as opposed to if you have women, it's maybe three or four clients. Yeah. So you just have to have more, but yeah. Um, and you're typically on your feet the entire day, right? Yeah. I mean, I take a 30 minute lunch break and then I try to sit down if I finish a client early or something, but other than that, yeah, pretty much all day. Yeah. And then also physically, for those of that don't know anything about the hair industry, what are your tools that you're using? What is demanded of your hands and your arms? Um, the shears that I use and then the clippers and the trimmers, um, you know, and then just all the other, the big things, like obviously I have to have a mirror and chair and things like that. But me, what I'm physically using is the clippers and the scissors. Yeah. And granted, you know me, I'm a physical therapist. I watch people work for a living. Every time you give me a haircut, I'm always watching your hands yeah. <laughs> just from a repetitive standpoint and kind of a job analysis. So yes. There's kind of a joke in the PT world. We're always assessing people, even if you just go out to the mall, you know. Yeah. We can watch people walk and say, oh, well, that person has such and such issue. In fact, my wife is even at times like, hey, what's wrong with that person? You know, what are they suffering like from? What's their ailment? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I'm always watching you walk, uh, work, you know, with your hands and arms. And it's such a rapid, fast pace, yeah. too. And I can only imagine that there is at times some musculoskeletal discomfort in the hands, the wrists, the shoulders, even just from reaching up. Yes. And I know you have a height adjustable chair. What, what kind of aches and pains do you experience um, personally? Well, um, when you say that about like the rapid movements and stuff, honestly, so like back whenever I was doing more like 20 to 30 haircuts a day, my wrists hurt so bad that I couldn't even like push up on something. I could not, there was no way I could try to even do a push up. You know, I couldn't, you know, lift myself up with my hands. Like, Well, I mean, I obviously could, but like it just hurts, sure. you know, Cause my wrists would discomfort. really hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I don't have that at all. And so I do, I am happy that I've been able to adjust to where I'm not doing as many because I feel like if I would have kept on that track, there's no way that I could have, you know, worked a full, like I would have had to at some point found a different profession because that's just too hard on you. 
Yeah, just from the, the sheer demand and like we were kind of saying, that quantity. Yes. So along with that, when someone's going through your profession or your training, is there any education or resources available to, you know, the hair profession, cosmetics um, for dealing with these kind of issues that possibly could present? Well, in hair school, they did talk a lot about the right posture, you know, don't lean over, don't lean, like lean with or like bend with your knees, not like with your back, but... So a little body mechanic training. Yeah, and then like how you hold your hands when you're cutting. But, I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one, but that just kind of goes out the door because when you're trying to like do things fat, like especially whenever before I was timed for haircuts and you're just, the more you're doing, the more money you make and, you know, just the better your day is, I kind of ignored all that. You know, so I'm sure sure part of the reason my wrists hurt was because I was holding my hands the wrong way, you know. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, there's only so many ways to hold your hands when you cut. Obviously, yeah, if you stand just, in one spot, you right. adapt around the person. So it is better to move. Right. And you guys do have the nice chairs that typically can go up and down and then turn. Right, right, right. So you're trying to position your body in the right yeah. spot. However, you know, in the world of ergonomics, we always think of how are we positioning our worker to the work. Now, your yeah. work is variable. You know, I'm six foot one, a little bit taller. When you put that right. chair all the way down, I still see your, see your shoulders raising up. Yeah. As opposed to when you cut Griffin's hair, my son, who yeah. is, you know, 40 inches tall, and he's in a small booster, you're at a better position already. Yeah. So you kind of have to fit yourself around your clients, essentially. Yeah. True. And I do think definitely with the taller clients, I yes, because you have to like kind of like stand on your tippy toes or whatever, which sometimes moving around is more comfortable you know, like just rather than standing flat-footed all day. Yeah. Um, but with kids, I think that hurts my back more sometimes because you're kind of like leaning and sure. you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're bending your back kind of awkwardly. We typically stuff. see that with work, especially when our work is kind of in a main position or a stationary spot or one spot altogether is you compensate one versus the other. Either the work is high for high, fine detail, but your shoulders come up, but your spine is straight. Yeah. Or if it's a shorter person, in this case for you, short kid or or shorter individual, you tend to bend forward more, but your shoulders are at reprieve and they're getting a little bit more of a break. So it's just an interesting aspect that you probably have to deal with. Uh, A little bit more back to your profession and and your your business. How do you guys get paid or reimbursed for your services? Is it hourly? Is it a fee-for-service commission or kind of what you guys call your booth rent? So usually when you start out doing hair, you would go to a salon where it's more hourly or commission because you don't have any clients. So you need to go to a place that has like a high traffic volume. Um, Like my first salon I worked at was in the mall. And so obviously I didn't have to have my own clients. People came in there. Um, people would just, you know, just be walk-in services. And that was a good way to kind of like learn, you know, my job better, learn the techniques better. Um, But I only made 40% of what I did at that time. And I think after about a year, you might go to 45%. And then after two years, you go to 50%. But it doesn't really go higher than that a lot of times. So the, the place you're working at always gets 50% of your work. Um, now some people or some companies also will do like commission or hourly, whichever's more. Cause obviously if you're doing nothing, they still have to pay you something, mm-hmm. you know, but on a Saturday I could have a really busy all like my day could be busy all day Saturday, but then Monday I could do only a couple haircuts. Well, then they would like average it amongst the two days. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know. It was just kind of weird because you still were expected to be there, obviously, yeah, when sure. there's nothing going on. And then the second job I worked out for a lot longer, um, I was there for four years, um, that was hourly. And I think you started at $10 an hour and then it went up from there. And then you also um, got your own tips and then you were able to make commission. But with that, I had to do over two haircuts an hour to make commission. Gotcha. And so now I do booth rent where I pay for all my supplies, all my products, um, but I have all my own clients. So I don't want to be in a place where people are going to walk in because I don't really have time for walk-ins. I have mm -hmm. my own set people. Um, and I think a lot of people are nervous to go to that, um, you know, type of structure. Yeah. yeah. Um, because... They're worried like, oh, well, what if I don't have anyone that I'm just making nothing? Sure. But so you have to definitely wait until you're ready for that. But it is better, you know, because then you can set your own hours. And, That's right. Yeah. You, you, you gain more of the profits. Yes, exactly. Um, you make you know, all of your profits. But again, there's more overhead for you as well. Yeah. So. Higher risk. Anytime you go into any kind of ownership or small business, there's always more risk, but more reward if you're hardworking. And obviously you've been doing this for such a long time. And you're also so talented at it. I know you have a long client oh, list. You. <laughs> you know, when I text you and you're like, hey, you can't get in for a month. I know you're busy and that's yeah. good. Yes. It's good to yeah. be busy. It, it is it's, good. It's a good problem to have, but it is a problem nonetheless. Right, exactly. Especially when you're a, kind of a small business owner, you know, and yes. that's that's basically what you take home. So yep. in your profession, since you are a small business owner, what kind of administration roles do you have to take on for yourself? Do you have to do marketing? Do you do your own books? And does that allow you to take a little bit of a break from some of the physicality of your job? So I don't ever like mark off time in my day for that type of stuff. Um, I just kind of do it before or after work, usually after, because um, like I said, I'm not a morning person. But I have to do I have to do my own taxes, which I have you know a tax I have a um, accountant that does that for me. But I do my own books, and um, I don't really do marketing because I I'm fortunate enough to be at a point where I don't want more clients other than people that. I mean, obviously, like my current clients, they're family members and stuff, but I'm kind of maxed out now, you mm -hmm. know, and so I don't, I don't have to worry about marketing right now. Before I would, um, when I was trying to build up my clientele, I would give out, um, you know, like business cards that would have like a discount or whatever for your first haircut that my clients could give to their friends or whatever. But I never did any like big marketing things. Um, sure. And... One yeah. less cost to bring into your business, exactly. too. Especially exactly. now that you have the, the clientele and your kind of yeah. working book already in order. When I always feel like you get the best people through other good clients. Yeah. You best, know, it's mm -hmm. the best. Best referral is word of mouth. and Yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Uh, do you guys have any, like, governing bodies or associations that you're, you know, have available to belong to? And do you know I'm if they not... provide any resources on any kind of, you know, injuries or, or any stuff like that? I'm not a part of anything like that. I'm sure there are different things, but I've never, um, I've never done anything like that. And I guess I don't, none of my, like, um, none of the girls that I have worked with in the past have, you know, referred me to anything like that. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, you know, in terms of injuries for yourself, what would happen if you did sustain maybe an injury to the arm or the hand, you know, say you came down with numbness and tingling, which is typically a carpal tunnel or nerve neuropathy yeah. type issue. You know, do you got, do you have a work comp policy? How would you handle that? Or, or what are you kind of set up for? So I used to have Aflac because that's what they said that was for, um, was for work injuries. And then I don't have that anymore. I, um, 
was really big into Dave Ramsey for a while. And so mm -hmm. he, you know, suggested to do a three to six month emergency fund. So now that I have that, I don't gotcha. do other pol like other um, things. I, st I have to have my own insurance, obviously being self-employed. I don't have like health care through my um, company. Gotcha. So I have to have mm -hmm. insurance. Um, but other than that, I don't. I have um, like liability insurance for the business, but that's not really on me for injuries. Certainly, yeah. So, so if you had an injury, you'd probably take it to your own insurance company. Yes. And they would say, is this work related or not? And you, you'd probably say, well, it's probably contributed from yes. work. However, there's not a policy. Legally, you do not have to have a policy. No, you just have to have the liability for more covering your clients. And then like if I guess if you were robbed or there was a fire or, you know, something, that type of insurance, but yeah. not on yourself. Gotcha. And so, you know, kind of as you said, your it's not disability, but your Dave Ramsey approach, the three mm -hmm. to six month window. I'm very familiar with Dave Ramsey and we kind of have the same approach too. Yeah. That kind of will act as your own self-insured yes. disability policy. If you needed to, you take some time off, right. rehab, get yourself better. And obviously, if something happens and you start to notice something, talk to me first. Yeah. <laughs> we can give you some, some tips along the way. Perfect. Um, so but yeah, avoid so, that. yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate your time. Just a couple more questions here. I know you, you were talking about doing some coloring and highlights, mm -hmm. working with chemicals. Are there any risk factors with working with chemicals? Do they impact you physically, mentally, anything like that? Not really. The only chemical that I cannot stand is like the perm solution. I don't offer perms because they smell so bad, but that's just, you know, that's just. Are um, perms still a thing these days? Yes. And a lot of boys are getting perms because they want the curly, they want the shaved sides with the long curly Mahomes top, you know? Oh, okay. That makes sense. I Patrick Mahomes. We're here in the Midwest. Yes. We're big Kansas City Chiefs fans. Yeah. yeah. So no, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> other girls that I work with do offer those. But um, as far as um, the color and the lightener and stuff, no, it doesn't. I mean, as long as you wear gloves, it doesn't really bother me, especially now wearing a mask um, with clients. A lot of times, if anything were to bother me, you know, like that kind of helps. But it, I guess while I'm doing the color or highlights, it doesn't bother me. I just worry about like down the road, like is this not good for me to be breathing in, you sure. know, every day. Yeah. Always but, a... Always an awareness. I think there's some information you can find out about those chemicals if you're ever interested in it, just from a kind Probably of a safety I don't standpoint. Know, but Maybe. I should know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And you brought up a good topic there of COVID nineteen. How has that impacted your business? It's just so I'm pregnant right now and wearing a mask every day, I feel very short of breath all the time. Um but that's that's my main problem uh, the main uh like obstacle right now. Sure. Um, last year when we were wiping every single thing down between every single client, that was hard, especially on the days with a bunch of haircuts back to back because I was always running behind because mm -hmm. I was always trying to sanitize and, you know, get so everything One more ready. thing to add to your, yes, your process. Exactly. And then cutting hair around the mask because you want them to keep their mask on, but that's really awkward to get around their ears and stuff. Um, you yeah. know, so that that was, you know, it took a little, a little more time. So on, I preferred having longer appointments then because it wasn't so many times that I was having to, you know, sanitize and everything. Sure. I do remember cutting my hair once in the garage because I think you took a little bit, there was in that real murky time in the early stages, it was kind of like, well, we're not really taking anybody in. Is like Peyton just 
in terms of people contact, yeah. everything really kind of shut down and I yes. needed a haircut right then. I remember being out in the garage. My wife says, you have to do this in the garage. Your hair is so long. And I tried to cut it myself. And I was like, Emily's going to get a real big kick out of this one. She's like, what did you do to yourself? Oh, so, I know, it didn't turn out as bad. Griffin's, on the other hand, when I did his, he was squirmy and we couldn't get very much done. Aww. People came in with either like they'd shaved their head and the really short hair or they had not even tried and they had really, really long That's hair. That's funny. I yeah. bet you saw a lot for it sure. It was all different, yes. And then to kind of wrap this up, in your opinion, what is the hardest thing about your job, either physically, mentally, kind of combined? Um, gosh. Right now, I think it's it's hard for me to say because right now, since I am pregnant, I think standing up all day is the hardest thing. I never really thought that before, and that also might just be with my age just getting, not that I'm old, you know, we're all but, getting older. Yes, but getting older, I, I don't know if it's just because now, right now, I weigh more and, you know, so my feet hurt more. Um, but usually that doesn't really bother me. I think what's the hardest thing is kind of building up the clientele and getting to a point where you can make your own hours and, you know, all that. Yeah. Have you considered different footwear or looked at different like, insoles, started, orthotics, gel soles? I've started wearing more like tennis shoes. I used to wear just thin, no sole sandals, you know, um, because the hair would get stuck in my shoes and ruin my nice shoes. So I didn't want to wear good shoes here, you yeah. know. But now I'm like, okay, I should probably, you know, <laughs> invest buy, and wear yeah, something with good shoes support, for work. Yeah, support yeah. and comfort when you're standing. Essentially, you're standing on concrete all day. Yeah, I know and it's a vinyl flooring. You have you know, a pad. Thin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Especially those long work days when you're plugging through all your clients. Yes. So. Well, Emily, I appreciate your time so much. If you're in Mid Missouri, look her up. Uh, she does a great job. Highly recommended. Thank you so much for spending time with us and shedding some light on the intricacies of your job, injuries, yes. and what you kind of have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. All right, be safe and be well. Thank you. Thank you to Emily, and also thanks to Connecticut Labs for sponsoring today's podcast. If you're interested in getting on the show and being interviewed, please don't hesitate. You can contact us by sending an email to bangupjobs at broadwayergo.com. That's B-A-N-G U-P-J-O-B-S at broadwayergo.com. Thanks also to Blue Dot Sessions for the use of the music, which is Highway 430. And thanks to you, the listeners. We will have a new episode out next month. Happy holidays and be well.